Everyone knows how to play poker. 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 But do you know how to play poker well? Well, get ready to talk poker strategy with the people who run the games. Hear interviews with the stars. Get information on when to play, where to play, and how to play better poker. 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 This is Poker Action Live, a weekly poker show with your hosts Big Dave Lemon and Joe Rodriguez. How's everybody doing? Big Dave and Joe, another edition of Poker Action Line coming to you this week. Uh, we will talk about a lot of things with the World Series of Poker Online Tournament. Uh, we kind of left things off last week during uh, the beginning part of the main event. Uh, also, there is uh, news about, uh, sad news about Mike Sexton, very ill. We, we'll save that for the middle part of the program because hate to start the show with uh, sad news, so we'll save that a little bit, but uh, we will talk about that in tonight's show as well. Also, uh, huge news about uh, uh, Antonio Esfandiari suffering a robbery, lost a million dollars in cash, ships, and property. And it turns out that uh, the person responsible, a woman who was going out with his father previously, was responsible for the theft. Uh, she has been arrested, and we'll talk about that in a little bit as well. Also, some other stories. Uh, Tony Dunst um, has weighed in on uh, several things, including the uh, online series and uh, how he's just amazed by the uh, the amount of money that's being uh, passed around in the world of poker uh, via, via GG Poker. And we'll talk about that. But I want to start with the main event uh, because we kind of left it off last week. Uh, we mentioned, I, I think I said 23 last week. I guess it's 22 opening sessions uh, were scheduled. And uh, I know that they, I, Joe, Joe said that they would make the guarantee, 25 million guarantee. I didn't think they would, but as usual, Joe is right. Uh, <laughs> they did make the 25 million guarantee, ended up with a prize pool of $27 million, the largest ever in um, online poker. And they are down to the final 38 players. Now, what's weird is there was all those opening sessions. Uh, as it turned out, they had to add one more on the morning of day two. The day two was set to kick in, which I don't know if it's kosher or not, but uh, they were a little bit short. Uh, they had a big uh, final session there that pushed it over the top. Um, Joe, what do you think about that? Uh, if you have a schedule and then you decide to add some opening events, is that cool? Normally, I'd say no, but this is 2020. So, yeah, anything goes. <laughs> this is 2020, so expect the unexpected. Well, they did make the guarantee. They're down to the final 38 players. Let me give you some numbers here on that main event. Um, they uh, started last week, and obviously, when we did the show about a week ago, they were into it about halfway into it, but uh. They went to day two, and the total number of players ended up being, or number of entries, who knows how many uh, exactly. rebuys, because you were allowed to rebuy three times, uh, re rebuy twice. So three total entries you were allowed at $5,000 a pop. But the final numbers, 5,802 players, and uh, they ended up playing down uh, through the day ones to uh, 1,171 so the very next day, they've had day two, uh, which was last Sunday, and they played. They were supposed to play down to 40 players. So they went the whole day. They ended up getting down to 38, actually. And uh, as is usual, one of the weird things of online poker is some of these names that these guys make up, trying to be and often funny, 
but sometimes a little bit vulgar. Uh, the chip leader is a familiar name, Brian Piccioli, who made the November 9. I don't know if it was last year or the year before, but uh, certainly a good player. But his online name is Somebody Suck Me. Somebody Suck Me. <laughs> <laughs> now, he's mentioning that, I guess, as a suck out, you know, on uh, the river from somebody. But uh, obviously, you can uh, interpret these things any way you want to. Anyway, they're down to uh, 38 players. Let me give you the final table, or not the final table, but the top 10 here as we move in. And uh, it's not a lot of huge names that you would be familiar with. In fact, uh, uh, Michael Kane is second. A player named Nirvana, 76. A Bulgarian player is third. Kelly with three Ys, fourth. Craig Timmons, Dinesh Alt. Uh, Tiro Giro from Luxembourg is seventh. Benjamin Roll, Happy DX, and Jao Santos, who goes under the name Petronio. So a lot of players we never heard of and never heard of uh, by those names, but uh, certainly um, they are all doing pretty well. Brian Ficcioli, 18.4 million chips, and the 10th place uh, on the board, uh, Santos, has 10.4 million. Big Dave, I need to ask you this, and I apologize to our listeners because I know I've been getting ready to open up and seeing these things is not my thing. What are the what are the round levels and where are they at in the blinds? If by any chance do you know how long are their levels? Like, are they two hours? Well, I know where they are now. I don't know how they went up. They're uh, they're at eighty thousand one one sixty for the blinds with a with a twenty thousand ante. Okay, level you, level sixteen. Level sixteen. That's fine. Yeah. Do you know how long the levels go? No. No. Okay. Uh, because I haven't looked at it. I can tell I you pretty curious. much that it's that it's not a turbo. Uh, all right. Well, right. But I say, <laughs> is it an hour? Is it an hour? Is no, it I, I don't know, Joe. I don't, that's that's above my pay scale. <laughs> anyway, uh, Pacholi, the chip leader. Some of the players who uh, are still alive but uh, not in the top ten include uh, Stefan Schilhabel, uh, Chris Brewer, and Michael Leck, who has uh, been near the top of the chip lead for a long time. But they are still there waiting to uh, lurking by. Uh, Cale Burns was the chip leader at the end of day one from Australia. He busted out in 52nd place. Uh, also, uh, Sam Greenwood cashed, but did not make, uh, into the, uh, the final what? day. And also Ike Haxton and Mike Leah. I'm sorry to bother you. What are that? What are the people busting out, you know, uh, late get making, do you know, have they posted the dollars? Yeah. Uh, Cale Burns at 52nd, uh, I guess one about, uh, 35,000. Uh, Ike Haxton was 121st. He won 24K, and Mike Leah, same price uh, as the min cash there. And did, did I'm sure they've already put out. What's the winner going to be receiving by the team? Winner is uh, 3.9 million. Not too shabby for five for a five thousand dollar entry. You no, know? exactly. And uh, some of the people who fired three bullets, uh, we know that uh, one of them was uh, Daniel Negranu. And uh, he that did goes not, without saying <laughs> <laughs> he did not make the money. Also, Phil Hillmuth uh, made a pretty deep run and uh, he finished 20 spots before the money kicked in. OK, wow. <laughs> Seven fifty, about 750th out of five fifty eight oh two. So, um, you know, he uh, obviously did pretty well, but uh, really was not there at the end. And Negranu, uh, I know, fired three bullets. There were several other players that did that. But uh, they will go on. Now, the weird thing, again, is that they played day two on Sunday, and now they're taking six days off. 
And what's the reason for that? Have they given a reason? It's just part of the scheduling, I guess, that they wanted to make it on the weekends for most of the players to get back and play. Uh, don't know why, but they played 22 well, sessions in, in like uh, a week. Then they played a day two, and then they took six days off. I guess it's kind of like, uh, didn't God rest on the seventh day? And... <laughs> God, God made the, the, the online World Series of Poker in six days or seven days and then rested. So Piccioli is the chip leader, and they'll come back next week. But, uh, you know, obviously we'll have a new champion. None of the uh, past champions made the final 38. And we will go ahead and watch that next week. Also, uh, just completed was the uh, uh, Poker Players Championship, which uh, is quite a bit different from the one that the Grinder won two out of three years. Uh, they finished last week. And uh, they are also uh, playing a couple other big tournaments that I want to take a look at. Uh, the let's see the tournament for uh, the, the the WSOP uh, Poker Players Championship. Uh, I'll get it out here. Um, instead of being the eight game mix that we saw in the past, it's just no limit hold'em. So that's a big difference. It's a $5,000 buy-in now instead of 50000 And uh, they're still playing that one now, but uh, they are moving into the late, <laughs> the late sounds, stuff here. Sounds like the main event. <laughs> 5000 it's a no-limit hold'em. Uh, what's the difference? Right, exactly. Anyway, we have a champion in that. Uh, it, uh, Chris Hunnichen made the final uh, heads-up play. And... Uh, he ended up uh, finishing second. Of course, I want to give you the winner here, but I'm having trouble finding it. Uh, Christian Rudolph was the winner of the online uh, uh, um, I can't even Poker remember. Poker 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 Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> anyway, uh, they also took a week off before they returned, and uh, it's uh, a win for uh, Christian Rudolph, 1.8 million. Chris Hunnichen won 1.332. Shanker Palai finished third. And uh, Bruno Batillon, whose name we're seeing in many tournaments, uh, finished in sixth place. Jason Kuhn was seventh, which, winning $285,000. I want to look at a couple of hands from the uh, heads-up play, which is now down to the final four. And one big name, three uh, unknowns. Have made it to the final four. Uh, Bruno Batillon, just mentioned, is one of the four, along with Okte Kajalglu and uh, Sergei Rysok. So uh, those are the three unknowns. The well-known player that has made it to the final four is Fedor Holtz. He defeated uh, in the opening, or in the round of 128, he defeated Old Shemian. Then he knocked off Negranu and Dan Smith back-to-back before finally getting to the final four by beating Jason McConnon, Jason McConnon. Um, Fader, that is uh, Batillon. Fader Holtz beat Luke Greenwood, Anton Morgenstern, Robert Fink, George Wolf, and Justin Bonomo, not too shaky. And then uh, Rysak and Kogalagu uh, defeated other unknowns, although Kogalagu did uh, knock off Martin Zamani. So they are reaching the final four here, and they will play that uh, on uh, – on Sunday, still, still, still to come. So uh, they will play that later in the week, 
in the heads up uh, finally finishing up. And Sunday, the start time is going to be at uh, 6 p.m. European time, so they will finish things up with the uh, heads-up champion. Of course, they have to play uh, the semifinals and then the final, and they will finish that up. A couple other tournaments, including the hand I want to look at, uh, was a discussion I was reading about Tony Dunst win in um, the tournament he played earlier in the series. And uh, I wanted to run a hand past Joe as to uh, – Really, it was kind of a dramatic hand as far as uh, how they finished it. He was playing James Pace in the heads-up play. Uh, blinds were 100,000, 200,000, anti-25,000. Uh, Pace limped in from the button, and Dunst checked from the big blind. The flop, Dunst, uh, let's see, Dunst was holding uh, Jack 8 of spades, while Pace was holding Queen 6 offsuit. One spade, one club. So when the flop came, Tony bet 200000 uh, with a hand uh, flopping 7-5-4, two spades. So that makes a very interesting hand coming. Tony has the gut shot, straight draw, and a flush draw, while Pace has the up and down straight draw. Yeah, he's open-ended. So uh, the 200000 Pace called on the turn – which is the dramatic card, the three of spades. So you can see some fireworks coming here. Well, now, big thing is you said that uh, the other player had the queen six, one spade, and one club or something like that. Yeah, what the was, six was the club. Well, the six was the club, so he had the queen of spades. All right. Uh, so he, flop, he turns uh, the straight. Dunce has the flush. Dunce, Dunce turns the flush. So Pace bet 425000 Dunst check raised to 16, 1.6 million. Pace called. River was a blank, a queen of hearts. And Dunst bets 3.2 million. Pace raises all in for 8.2 million in Dunst calls. So what are your thoughts about how they played the hand and uh, maybe what they should have done? Well, I don't see Dunst doing anything. Yeah, well, he obviously. Yeah, he, he was so. kind of forced into everything. I mean, I, it, was, it was playing out. Beautifully, as far as I'm concerned, because du- heads up, well, show me a better flush than I have. And from the other person's uh, point of view, you know, once Dunst bet into that, where uh, any six gives you the straight, which is still, you know, a, you know, a middle, you had to hit a belly gut shot there. Um, outside of raising all in, you know, I don't think he played that hand. I, I honestly, it's hard for me to criticize any size of that. Uh, he hits the straight. It's hard to put your opponent on having two perfect cards to have the flush. Not only that, he has the queen of spades. So if another spade had hit, he'd have been sitting with, at the very least, the third best, uh, the third nut flush already with the straight. I I honestly, from my point of view, I, I'm not sure I would have played the hand any differently from either side, outside of going all in, maybe giving Tunts a little bit more respect uh, on that last wager, but you know, outside of that, you know, that's an opportunity for you to take the money. Maybe Dunce was trying to represent a straight, and he had it. I I don't see a major problem from Dunce's side. There was nothing wrong, and from the other person's side, I honestly, I I can't see anything wrong. Well, with the analysis on this story, he says that uh, probably uh, should have just called or folded, and 
You know, he basically was just turning his hand into a bluff when he raised all in. Uh, he did obviously have the straight, but Tony could have the eight, which he did. And, uh, you know, if a, if a six comes out on the board or something, then then he's messed up anyway. But he did have the, uh, the flush there waiting for him and obviously made the uh, snap call. Um, I would have done the same thing, Dave. I mean, outside, yeah. right. Outside of maybe going all in, but not having played against Dunn's head up and not knowing how the, you know, the ebb and flow of, 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 of their mind games going on, because that's a lot of being heads up is, is reading your opponent, kind of getting a feel for them. I, I, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know. Did someone criticize outside of that raise? No, well, there isn't anything just, to criticize. He said, you know, obviously, um, you know, the Dunst range is, is weighted toward very strong hands, such as a flush, and including some missed ace high and king high flush draws that uh, could be a semi-bluff on the turn. But he uh, he might have also check-raised the turn with the same straight as pace or even with an 8-6 for the top end of the straight. So he has to take into consideration that desp- despite the fact he does have a straight, he does have the low end. Like I said, going all in was probably the only thing anybody can question there. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, playing heads up, that's, you know, and, and, and there's nothing for me to say to you that I wouldn't have done the same thing. If, if I thought Dunst was trying to overrun, you know, maybe Dunst thinks I'm bluffing. Dunst maybe hit two pairs, doesn't believe his oppo- opponent to have that six. Now, there's a lot of stuff mentally that you could be running through your head. And, yeah. you know, without actually being on the table, I, I don't see anything really, really bad with, with this gentleman's play. They included the percentages of winning the hand uh, pre-flop, post-flop, and post-turn. And Pace actually had the lead 54-44 before the flop, 54-44-46 post-flop. And then when uh, the uh, the flush came on the turn, and obviously Dunst is now an 85-15 to uh, chance to win. Yeah, the only shot he had to win was a fourth spade hitting the board because his queen of spade would have beaten uh Dunst's jack high right so so anyway that's uh that was his thoughts and they did a big interview with him on this site talked about how uh it, it, this came out before uh, the news about mike sexton obviously but of course tony took Mike's spot as uh as the commentator on the world poker tour when mike left in 2017 to become the chairman of party poker let me ask you something, Dave. On that particular hand, the player who went all in, did, did anybody interview him to get his uh, – his, No, uh, not on here. I don't know. I'm sure okay. somebody did, but not on here. Okay. All right. So, because I, I would have been curious to, you know, see if he was thinking along the same lines I was as as to why he decided to push Dunce uh, all in, you know, to, um, again, I don't see – I didn't see a big – big issue with that hand the way it was played out right okay um let's also talk about a couple of uh, news events that have been out there uh i mentioned the antonio estefandiari story and uh yeah i'm very interested to hear that too right now (laughs) he was robbed of a million dollars in let's let's break it down for you 150,000 in cash 500,000 in casino chips, watches, designer watches, and even his bracelet that he won for the big one for one drop. So uh, the woman arrested, her name's Svetlana Silva, 46 years old, who had been dating 
Esfandiari's father, Bajan, for uh, some time. So she stole the money and she was spotted gambling in the high stakes uh, poker rooms at the or high stakes private games at the Bellagio and was apprehended on August 23rd, booked into uh, jail for charges of burglary and possession of stolen property. Um, I guess. When did the theft take place? This took place, I guess, about a month ago. So so they didn't catch her until a few weeks later. Right. In, okay. It happened sometime in July. I'm not sure exactly when. But uh, one of the things that kind of popped out as a question for me was, is that normal to be holding $500,000 in casino chips at your house, at your apartment? <laughs> I mean, I know people, uh, people can take their poker chips from cash yeah, rooms and yeah, stuff like would, that. Without, and mentioning, without mentioning any names. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's extremely it – it's extremely um, – it happens quite a bit, especially for the high limit players, Dave, uh, for various reasons. Some I won't get into here, but uh, I, I know at one of the establishments that I worked at, there were people that were keeping three, four, five hundred thousand dollars worth of chips in a uh, in a lockbox in the, in the cage. Um, you know, th- th- think about it, Dave. There's 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 a ten thousand dollar limit to you cashing. Uh, without it being reported to, uh, you know, casinos, as you well know, because you've worked in them, you know that you have to take that. Uh, I forgot the name of the of the thing that we have to take, but uh, you know, we're we we are all all employees in the casino are required to in the cage. They have to report anything over ten thousand either to stop, to stop money laundering. So, exa- so, exactly. so basically, you don't keep a number of chips like that just for convenience when you go to a game. No, but the <laughs> same thing is, you know, guess what? Game is up. Uh, you know that casinos have to go through a certain procedure for for them to release this amount of money, you know, that has to go into it. So guess what? If you know that you're going to constantly play in these games, these players sometimes, you know, win whatever, you know, to put whatever dollar amount you want on it. They don't even cash it. They take that home. Or they leave it in a safety deposit box in the cage, um, you know. So having half a million dollars in chips with someone like you know of, of Antonio's, like I said, I've seen people who are <laughs> nowhere near Antonio's, uh, you know, recognizability and stuff like that and, and status, uh, have close to that amount of money sitting in the casino. I, I, I would imagine they take a lot of these chips home. Um, I don't. I, I don't want to get into a certain, but I will mention something to you off the air that I don't want to mention on the air of uh, people. Now, we do remember that high limit chips. Whenever you do go to the cage to cash them, first question the cashier at the Bellagio is going to ask you is, "Oh, what game were you playing?" If you seem like funny, like you know you're stumbling and mumbling. They're going to hold you down. They're going to call security. They're going to have you look where you went and got these chips. Um, if you remember, you know, I don't know if you, but for the longest time now, and especially you remember that there was a big heist of chips, in, at, I believe it was at the Bellagio, motorcycle guy, it turned out to be a judge's son who stole them. Well, they put, they put GPS chips in, in the high limit, you know, uh, chips. So, they go through a lot of security purposes. I'm sure when they saw this woman playing whatever denomination chips she was playing in the high limit area, they wanted to know where she got them. You know, that's part of 
you know, if you see a high stakes gambler, a whale or a high limit poker player, there's no, you know, you, there, you don't have to question that already. You know, the level of money that these people have. You and I or Joe walk into a, into the high level with chips already. They want to know where we got those chips. They're going to right. ask us. I guarantee you they will ask us where we got those chips. Yeah. And and they won't pay us for it unless they get a satisfactory answer. Yeah, exactly. Okay, just curious about that. Uh, one other thing I wanted to mention was the first major live poker tournament in the U.S. was played uh, over the weekend. Uh, it was up at uh, Grand Falls. It was on the Mid-States Poker Tour. The Grand Falls Casino is located in Iowa, just across the border from Sioux Falls, South Dakota, which just goes to prove that people in Iowa and South Dakota don't seem to care much about uh, the COVID uh, crisis that's going on right now. No, and, and let me tell you something. Also, you're talking about people don't care. There was a, a tour. I don't know where the Empire Poker, I believe it's somewhere in Texas, maybe in Houston. But uh, I saw that one of my former dealers and, and co-workers um, posted something from there. And they were having a tournament. And let me tell you, there was a lot of people played in that thing. Um, you know, um, it was down to about 30 people. But the prize money and the entry fee told me they had a lot of people who had to have entered that tournament. And it was at a place called the Empire Poker Room. And, and from what I saw, I believe it's in Texas, but I'm not 100% sure. Uh, this particular tournament attracted 518 fit players. It was probably the first big uh, live poker tournament. We didn't know how long it would be before we ever had one of those again, but it was 150,000 guarantee. And the 518 total entries for this $1,100 tournament uh, crushed the uh, Crushed a guarantee, uh, giving them a final prize pool of over half a million dollars. So the winner was Mark Collins, and uh, that was in, uh, as I mentioned, in Iowa for the uh, Mid-Stakes Poker Tour. So uh, there's a piece of news for you. I also wanted to let people know that I came up with a best name in poker. Uh, you know who my favorite was going into this, Joe? Who, who, uh, wait, wait, what was it again? Oh, no, no, what's it? No, Upeshka da Silva. Upeshka da Silva. That was my favorite name, but I got a new one now. Uh, it's a fellow that won an online event, the 40 stack event in the WSOP online. His name is Gediminus Useless. <laughs> See, that's why you're a professional person who has done this and ring announcement because <laughs> I couldn't come close to pronouncing that name. <laughs> that was a huge tournament, $400 buy-in, attracted 4,400 people, and uh, Useless wins the tournament. Uh, Michelle Roberts was seventh in that, but uh, he, Useless wins uh, 211000 proving that he is actually not useless. That's it. Useless? What was his last name? Useless. U-S-E-L-I-S. He's uh, from uh, Lithuania. Uh, and it's pronounced useless. <laughs> I think I, no, I don't. I, I don't know. Probably not. <laughs> I, th I thought uh, I thought that was the best way to pronounce it. There you go. There you and, go. Anyway, um, we'll keep an eye on some of the other things. There's also been a major prop bet one by a big name player. If there's nothing uh, going on tournament wise, just make a prop bet with someone. But he won. Uh, Mike Timex McDonald won two hundred fifty thousand dollars. On a free throw, basketball free throw prop bet, he bet several other players, uh, including Christian Harder, Nick Schulman, Will Jaffe, uh, that he could make 90% of his free throws out of 100 shots, 90 out of 100. 
And the one thing he had going for him was he was allowed to restart the uh, series if he once he missed 10. So he was able to restart it over again. Uh, but he ends up winning 250000 from these players. And the reason they made the bet was they saw him play basketball, and he was obviously horrible. And uh, so he made this bet and uh, that he, they would do it five months in the future, and he had a chance to uh, practice pretty hard, and he ends up winning well, again. I only got one question. What do you mean he was able to restart after he missed Well, 10? for instance, if he missed 10 of his first 20, then he'd start over again. Well, how how often would they do that? I guess uh, that was the huge advantage. And that doesn't that doesn't make sense to me. How long does he get a chance to constantly try to hit ninety out of uh, for forever? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> interesting, interesting was uh, side bet there, prop bet, I should say. And there was a story that he had actually had to take a break uh, during it because he was forced off the public court he was using. And he had to take a 30-minute break before he came back and completed the challenge. But I did turn it on to Twitch and check the uh, tape. And he actually shot it. It was inside a gym, but he had to rebound his own uh, shots. So that makes that pretty tough. Yes, it does. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But but if you get infinite amount of tries. <laughs> I guess you could do it forever if you had the stamina. Yeah, I, I'd love to know. You know, I, I don't think I would be on the other side of that wager. Oh, well, wait a minute. This is not over. He could only win that wager. He can't lose it yeah. if he had infinite tries. Right, so. exactly. Okay, let's take a break here on this program. Uh, we will come back and talk a little bit about Mike Sexton in that situation when we return. Uh, also, uh, I got another hand, interesting hand from a tournament that I wanted to talk with Joe about. So we'll be back. We'll talk more on poker when we return. You're listening to Poker Action Line, and we'll be back after these messages on the show. This is Poker Action Line. Hi, this is Big Dave from PokerActionLineRadio.com. I want to let all avid poker players know about a great new lottery game that was developed by one of our sponsors, Atlantic West Management Group. This game is now available worldwide on the Internet and will be served as Place Your Chips Caribbean and operated on the Internet as an international lottery by Atlantic West. The Texas Hold'em poker-like game is perfectly legal everywhere and presented as a lottery game with tickets available on the Internet. You can win pick six lottery tickets and cash prizes by using your poker playing skills. It's open to lottery players worldwide, and right now this game is in a play-for-free test mode, and you are not obligated to purchase anything. You can get 50,000 free play chips per ticket for the purpose of evaluating the game with no prizes awarded until the game goes live. The lottery customer can purchase a ticket with a unique number that will grant them entry into one of many Texas Hold'em poker tables with a chip stack and like a lottery game, the prize value will be based on ticket sales. That chip stack will be valid for the remainder of the week as players can access the site as often as they like to try and take the chip lead. At the end of the week, the highest chip stacks will be awarded lottery prizes, and if you lose all your chips, the lottery ticket becomes null and void. As with regular lottery games, you can purchase as many entries as you like. However, each ticket stands on its own merit, and much like the regular lottery, the results of multiple tickets cannot be combined toward a prize. The name of this game is Place Your Chips Caribbean, you can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipscaribbean.com. We believe that when it goes live soon, there will be a heavy demand for this game, as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result. And their odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the play-for-free demonstration and hope that you will join us 
when the Play For Real game becomes available later this year. From the vantage point, Mafatu saw six war canoes drawn upon the beach, but what held the boy's eyes in awful trance were the figures springing and leaping about the flames, darting, shifting, bounding toward the sky. The eaters of men. Cannibals. Firelight glistened on their oiled bodies, on flashing spears and bristling decorations. Mafatu watched the strange scene, powerless to move, and he felt doom itself breathing chill upon his neck. In that very instant, he heard a crashing in the undergrowth. Four figures were tearing toward him through the jungle. He could see them now. He turned and ran blindly down the trail, slipping, sliding, stumbling, his breath all but choking in his throat. Only one thought gave him courage as he ran. His canoe ready and waiting. If only he could reach it before the savages overtook him. Explore new worlds. Find out what happens next by reading the book Call It Courage by Armstrong Sperry. For other great book ideas, visit literacy.gov. A message from the Library of Congress and the Ad Council. Welcome back to the program here, Poker Action Line, bringing you another show, Big Dave and Joe. And uh, I want to talk about Mike Sexton a little bit. Uh, it came out on Monday. I saw the first tweet on Monday. And obviously, he's been sick for a while. Originally, prostate cancer, which uh, supposedly has spread to other organs. Uh, Mike really wanted to keep his privacy. And they kept it secret for about a month, which is uh, a tribute to uh, all his friends. And in fact, this week, it's been very hard to find any news coverage about the story because he is so highly respected and well-liked in the world of poker by other players, uh, people who run games and uh, management of all different companies that uh, they honored his wishes and really didn't let the news out. However, one of his uh, so-called friends, I don't know what a close friend or not, but uh, put it out on Monday that he was very ill. Uh, Supposedly he's been in hospice for uh, several days and, uh, you know, uh, I don't want to bury him yet, uh, obviously, uh, you know, and and make it seem like he's dead. But once you go to hospice, things do not look good. No, sir. I mean, that's usually to make somebody comfortable. My, you know, my prayers tonight will be with Mike and his family and, uh, you know, everybody who's close to him. Um, we've, we've, listen, poker wouldn't be the same without him, Dave. Uh, yeah. As far as I'm concerned, you know, that's a very classy man. Um, you know, has been an incredible, you know, representative and ambassador to poker. Um as I'm telling you this without, you know, personally knowing the man, I've got goosebumps. Uh, yeah. It's just, I've, I, you know, listen, you know, I don't know how much older he is than us, Dave. He's you and 73. I 73. So he's got, he's got a little more than a decade on us. Yeah. And um, I've interviewed him a couple of times here on the program, yeah, did interviews and, at rooms, and he was very nice. And uh, I, I will pull up a couple of those interviews and uh, we'll play them in a future show. But uh, the tweet that came out this week uh, from Linda Johnson uh, just appeared. Uh, she wanted to thank people for all their messages and tweets uh, directed at him because he is able to read them. But uh, <clears throat> he, uh, he's too tired, she said, to personally answer these texts and tweets and emails, but well, wants to know that he's very touched. Let me tell he's got to be because people, I mean, you know, he's, he's just a great, great guy that, that has brought a lot of people into the poker world with his great commentary, great play as a poker player. 
you know, you, you like to say that Bernard Lee wore a lot of different hats as you know, and all his, the jobs and everything that he's done. Well, Mike Sexton has done the same. And again, um, I pray that he's comfortable and, uh, you know, hope beyond hope if it's, you know, for him to recover. But if he doesn't, I'm glad he's seeing all these Texas. So he knows that he's yeah. touched, he's touched a lot of lives. Elected to the Poker Hall of Fame 2009, uh, also 15 years as the commentator on the World Poker Tour uh, before he stepped away in 2017. Most recently, he's been the chairman of Party Poker. He had a, I, I was reading today, I did a little research, and I saw a YouTube video when he was interviewed by Joey Ingram, and he talked about he was one of the original shareholders of Party Poker back when they opened in 2001. And uh, he said that when things were a little bit shady, gray area, as far as online poker, uh, you know, he wanted to get out. So uh, he asked them, he said, how much do you want for my shares? And uh, they said, no, how much do you want? And so he said, okay, we'll both write down on a piece of paper, the number we're looking for, and uh, then we'll decide. So Mike wrote down $15 million and the party poker people wrote down 10. So Mike said, uh, you know, I really want to hold out for this money. I think it's worth it. Uh, uh, so they said, well, we'll give you $5 million in cash and then $2 million a year over the next five years, but you have to stay on as an advisor, as, a, as an employee. So he did that. And uh, so uh, at the very end of that story, he said, uh, it probably cost me $500 million. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, you don't know that. That's hindsight. But, you know, one other great thing besides that great guy, I mean, Dave, I don't care where you were. If you weren't looking at the TV and he started to speak, he had that wonderful, distinct Southern voice. And, you know, it it, it was very comforting. You know, it's like these shows like Law and Order when you hear that dang, dang, you'd hear Mike Sexton's voice and immediately you had to turn to the TV to watch and hear what he was talking about. Well, I remember my conversations with him. He wanted to be identified as a great poker player, more than a great broadcaster. So, uh, you know, he was very proud of uh, having won a a bracelet and uh, several of the big uh, tournaments that he'd won over the years. I can remember back reading uh, Nolan Dalla's book about Stu Unger. And uh, Mike was featured in that book several times uh, growing up with with Stu, not growing up, but actually in the 90s when Stu was a a well-known player and Mike was in tournaments and they had some great Mike Sexton stories involved with Unger as well. Uh, Nolan's a guy I would love to talk to uh, about his thoughts about uh, Mike. Well, listen, Nolan's been outstanding all the times we've had him on our show. It's been way too long, so hopefully you can reach out and, and and get him to get come on yeah. in the next couple of weeks. Now, Linda Johnson and Jan Fisher uh, have been speaking with Mike, and uh, they obviously are very close friends with him. And this was the tweet she put out uh, earlier uh, last night. She said, Mike Sexton, one of poker's greatest ambassadors, he authorized this tweet. He has only wanted to deliver positive messages, so he kept his health problems private. He has been battling prostate cancer that has recently spread to other organs. He began in-home hospice a month ago. So uh, things are tough in uh, in that part of the world, and uh, obviously uh, people are coming up with their great stories on how much he helped them. Uh, I can remember when I talked, one of the times I interviewed him, I had won a uh, dinner with Mike Sexton at one of the uh, uh, Seminole Hard Rock tournaments. Uh, it answered a trivia question, which I guess is a little unfair, but uh, uh, I won a dinner with Mike Sexton. And uh, 
I, I told him I had won that and he said, Oh yeah, anytime, come out to Vegas. Uh, we'll go out to dinner and uh, we'll tell some great stories. That's, that's wonderful. That, unfortunately. Well, I'm sorry, but, uh, wow. Like I said, thoughts and prayers with Mike for Mike and his family. And, uh, you know, let's, let's keep hope. Let's keep yeah. hoping and praying. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, Party Poker, obviously, in the news for, uh, you know, running the WPT Online Championships, which is going on now. Uh, so they have really uh, reached a top level as far as returning to the online scene, you know, after being out of it since 2006. Oh, wow. That's true. I forgot about that because they were the first ones to leave. They, yeah, they pulled they, out. They pulled out. That's why they were allowed back into some of the onlines here in the States. So. But obviously they flourished overseas in Europe and uh, other places around the world. So uh, anyway, I, too, uh, want to pass along my best wishes for Mike. And, uh, you know, uh, I, I think he's just such a legend and has so many great uh, experiences in the world of poker. And I, I never heard a bad word about Mike from anybody. No, I mean, it's, it is, it's truly amazing. It's just, he's just like one of those figures that you hear his name when you hear him talking. I don't know about you, but I always wanted to hear what he had to say. Um, I'm sorry, but I just, it's again, very hard news to hear. So I'm just glad that he's seeing now, if it is his, you know, if it's his time, he's seeing how many people again, that he has touched that, that, you know, feel, feel blessed that they've heard and known Mike. Right. Uh, I did want to talk one other poker hand that I found interesting. This came from the natural eight um, tournament uh, WSOP online hand uh, of the week for them. It came from the world series of poker online bracelet event. And uh, I wanted to talk about it because it's just, you know, talk about a cooler. Uh, the three hands that were dealt, uh, player named born to win one whose actual name is muhammad ali <laughs> not joking about that uh also five bed gamer and uh xx mariox who's mario mossback but the pans were ali had pocket kings uh vadansev had ace king offsuit and mossback had pocket jacks and the first player had i'm sorry pocket kings, pocket kings pocket? yeah okay Pocket Kings, Pocket Jacks, and Ace Kings. If that's not interesting enough, the flop was Queen Jack 10, all hearts, which is a little bizarre because not one single player had a heart in his hand. Okay. So that was the flop. An Ace of Hearts comes on the turn. So now. Now uh, you have two people with a straight. Two people with a straight. And uh, you have uh, Mosbeck has the best hand with uh, trip jacks. No, he doesn't. No, no, no. You said 10 jack 10. Well, okay. Queen jack 10. The okay, ace he doesn't ace. have the best hand yet. Right. <laughs> You're giving this away, Big yeah, I am. I He's am. never had the best hand. No, On the flop, and- the ace king had to leave. On the turn, the ace king and the pocket kings are tied. Go ahead. Right. Okay. Then there's the queen of diamonds on the river. So now he has a full house. So he proved to the full house, knocked out both other players, uh, jumping to 10 million in chips. But, you know, of all the straights and the possible straight flushes and everything, when you're looking at the board, how do you, how do you play a hand like that? Well, I mean, they were all in. They were all in before the flop. Is that what you were saying? Or they, yeah. They, okay. That's, you know, I don't know how deep in the tournament that was, but they're all holding premium hands, Dave. Pocket Kings, 
Ace King. I don't know if Ace King was suited, but and Pocket Jacks. No, Ace uh, Nine. Ace Nine was the. Oh, I thought you said Ace King. No, Ace Nine. Okay, I heard Ace King. I apologize. Then I probably uh, said Ace King, but uh, that was just uh, okay. Because that's why I thought the guy had <laughs> hit the straight, and then there was a tie on the. So then the guy with the pocket kings had the best hand after the right. turn. Right. He's the only one with a king in his hand. Right. Um, so again, Ace Nine probably short stack. Uh, kings, you're not going anywhere with kings, and the jacks has to decide if someone has aces, kings, or queens, and. You know, at this point, you're probably figuring you're a coin flip. He was actually a lot bigger dog, uh, underdog, than 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 uh, a regular coin flip, because he's he's facing a, a bigger pocket pair and and an old you know an ace. Um, again, I don't know how far into the tournament they were and what their chip stacks were. Were the king and the jack? If either one of them was low or high, probably close to a no-brainer for going all in. Ace-9, my guess would be he was short-stacked and figured he could push with, with an ace and, you know, got it all in like that. So yeah. that that's my thought process without knowing the whole scenario that's on that table. And one thing I just noticed, they talk about this being a one-outer in a three-way all-in pot. It's really not a one-outer because he could have gotten a 10 or an ace on the river and still had the, uh, the full house that would have won the hand, right? Uh, he, yeah, he could have gotten not a one one outer. That's whoever, the way that, that was the title. Whoever said the one outer, the one outer is not a one outer. Yeah, uh, because he hit his jack. So once it's a, you said the flop was ten jack queen, correct? Right. Then the ace on the turn. Right. Okay, so uh, he could have hit two other aces. Okay, could have hit two aces, three queens, one jack, three tens to win the hand. And the case king for for them to all split it, or you know, if it was the ace of hearts, any heart, they all would have split it, bar, right. you know, because right. they it wouldn't have been, paired the been, board. Would have so, been a flush on the board. So yeah. he had a lot more outs than anybody figured to either win or or push the hand. So I don't know why it was one out. Or if you tell, if I'm hearing it the way you're saying it is correct, I don't. He he had more than one out to hit the the hand. Right. Exactly. So anyway, I thought that was a, that came from this uh, World Series of Online Poker. There's been plenty of interesting hands and uh, stuff to look at for us for some time to come. Uh, but I, you know, again, uh, we talk about you know following this as a fan. Uh, I don't think it's been uh, very uh, satisfying for for anybody out there. Dave, you know my my thoughts on that. You know, it's wonderful when you're playing. It's wonderful if you know a lot of people who are playing in it. You know, with with the screen names that they're using, it's just very difficult for you as a casual fan. You know, if you if like they say, if you have a a horse in the race and you're rooting for somebody, yeah, it's a lot easier. But uh, for you know, for people who don't know anybody in that thing, you know, you don't know who you're rooting for. You don't know who what the faces are behind most of those names. Um, I the wonderful part is people get to play poker. That's the wonderful part of it. Uh, we don't we don't have the, the you know the ESPN or the uh, uh, what is it the Poker Go what the, the 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 site to watch it you know so we have to take we have to take uh, joy where we can get it for the poker viewers 
you're doing this a lot better than I do because I don't find any interest in watching these people play online. And not say, I not say I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, uh, let's let's kind of finish things off with some kind of instructional piece. Uh, an interesting article that I read about mistakes that beginners make when they're starting uh, out in online poker. Now, all these players have played for many years at live games. Some of them probably never really played online, so they're playing for the first time. I don't think it makes them a beginner, but there are some rules in this story that I thought were interesting. We talk about poker hand charts. Uh, we've looked at the ones uh, from Doug Polk's site and, G- and Jonathan Little and things you should start on. Uh, his first piece of uh, information is that uh, you shouldn't misuse these hand charts by considering uh, be all and end all. He said uh, they're, they're a good way to perfectly narrow down some of the choices you may, may make at the beginning of a hand and avoid uh, stupid mistakes, but you have to not adhere to them too rigidly. He says, uh, you know, building a table image uh, might affect how you uh, enter a lot of these hands. Uh, you don't, uh, you know, you're trying to establish some sort of image. Uh, also, uh, you might want to play players different following a big hand win or, or a cooler where they're uh, heading on tilt. Uh, you should got to sh- make sure that you change the dynamic of your starting hands. You're talking about playing beginners online, not beginner yeah. poker players? No, just beginners online, I'm saying. Beginners online. I mean, if they're beginners online, you know, literally beginning to learn how to play poker, you know, you go that way. I don't know. When I was starting to play poker online, you know, I was getting comfortable with um, how to make raises. You know, the granted at my age and my lack of experience on computers, it's probably a lot easier for for new beginners. And the advice is true. I mean, uh, the great thing for most of these sites that you don't have in a live game unless you're carrying a notebook is you can make notes, and that's one of the things I've told people. Make notes on these players because it's it's you're not going to remember the name, but if you're playing in the same to- style tournament, same buy-in tournament, same uh, cash games, you know, uh, blind structures, online, you know, you're going to probably run into these people a lot more often. And being that you can't put a face to, to that name, you know, you may not remember that name. So it's easier for you. It, it took a little while for me to understand that. And then I said, oh, okay, I'm going to start uh, making notes on these players. If they were too overly aggressive with nothing, whatever you spotted that you know that you could use to your advantage uh, for any, you know, any future hands. So it, it, and on the sites that I've played in, and I'm sure this is true of all of them, sometimes six months later, somebody sits at a table that I'm at or I get moved to a table and there's a little little marking that lets you know that you've made a note on this player. And, you know, you look at that player and you go, oh, you know, this guy's super aggressive with nothing, blah, blah, blah. You know, whatever you notice, all of a sudden you go, oh, yeah. Your mind goes back and you're like, I remember what this, what this a-hole did. <laughs> now, now, I know you haven't read this story, but uh, along those lines, it's exactly your thoughts. He says... If you, if you find that making mental notes aren't your thing, write everything down. Taking detailed notes on the behavior of your opponents will help you spot patterns in common poker tells much faster. He said two of the questions you need to look at are things like, do they always raise with pocket pairs? Or do they like to slow play if they have big draws? Big, 
that no i was just well see now now we're, but we're really in sync the, the writer on that because i was about to say one of the notes that helped me once on a player was um he sloped you know it, it was like reading from a textbook but i had to play with him a few times before i could make certain of the note but he was very aggressive when he had medium to weak hands he was very very meek player very weak player like played it very meek and and weak when he was sitting with something solid and due to the lack of experience the games whatever i saw him get paid off a whole lot yeah so i was able to take advantage after you know observing this man uh this player i don't know if it's a man or a woman but uh playing and my notes really helped me take him take him down in a, in a tournament when we were both very heavily stacked so uh, yeah, and that was a great, you know, because I was, I'm very good at looking at a face and putting a mental note to it and, and remembering even a year later, if I sat down and played with this guy, but online, that was a great tool for beginners to use and not only beginners, but experienced players. So, yeah, exactly. Uh, the third thought is playing too many poker tables. Now this is not just for, uh, beginners, but also people playing nude online that have heard all the stories about how these guys play 24 tables at one time, are able to make these, uh, great decisions in the blink of an eye. Uh, but if you're uh, not an experienced online player, you might want to keep it down to a couple of tables. Well, I put it this way. I've mentioned on this show many times. Uh, I'm lucky I can play two at any particular time. The only time I remember I was in three tournaments that I ran very deep and I was on three tables, three tournaments. I entered two of them thinking I was about to be eliminated. <laughs> it's the only reason that I was in it. And both times I made a very, you know, I, I went all in, got it, went all in, got it. And uh, actually made the final table on two of them and the final three tables on another. And let me tell you something. It's my age. It's my lack of experience on the, on a, on a computer, uh, for any of our young listeners, I'm sure this is no big deal for most of them, but it drove me up a wall, Dave. I was so nervous and it was only three tables. My hat is off to these young players that can play multiple tables and great advice. How about mastering one table first and feeling comfortable in your style of play and, and your read on your opponents to then go to two and three and so on and so forth. Here's what the guy says. He says, uh, only play as many tables as you are comfortable with. If that's just one table to begin, that's not a bad thing. If you're playing poker to win, you need to start small and slowly, then grow your activities as soon as your results justify the changes. Well, think about it, Dave. Let's assume he is a beginner, even to poker. Well, you can't play more than one table in live, you know, for the most part. We've talked about some of our tournament players jumping from one tournament to another and leaving their chips there and being blinded out. But you're used to playing one table, you know, and um, I would imagine it's harder going the other way where if you broke into online poker and you could play multiple tables, I can only imagine how boring one table would be if you go into a brick and mortar, but you know, going in the other direction and, and if, if people like our age or people who have only played in brick and mortars, it I would imagine there is a very, you know, time, long, not to say long time, but a very hard time of getting adjusted to play multiple tables when you're only used to playing one. 
Yeah, I agree. Um, the World uh, Poker Tour. Uh, we'll get to that in just a second. Oh, the last one. I, I, I didn't get to the last line, and that is uh, playing online poker while tilted is the one thing to avoid. Uh, you know, obviously, when you start to get upset, you need to walk away from the computer. <laughs> That's easier said than done. I know I know many people who have broken not one, not two, not three, not four, not five uh, to steal LeBron James's uh, thing there, but that have broken eight, nine, ten mouses, <laughs> computers from taking a bad beat. So, uh, yeah, it's a lot easier said. Think about it. It's a lot easier to go on tilt at home where you could sit there and, you know, all the all the dirty words, kicking things that you wouldn't be allowed to do in a, in a brick and mortar. So, um, yeah, you definitely you, you have to shut your computer off, walk away. But that's a lot easier said than done. Yeah, no question. Uh, let's get to the World Poker Tour, uh, the main event of their uh, online series coming up. Uh, that will be uh, September 20th and 21st. Right now they're playing what's called the uh, mini main event. And uh, we'll get a look at some of the counts there. Uh, right now, 2,510 players entered into this event. And uh, they are down to 407 right now. Um, so they are playing, uh, they're playing that one out. Uh, again, the main event is uh, one we'll be looking at. Uh, they're having a pretty successful series, but they're not cramming everything into a short period of time. They are just uh, finishing up here. Uh, uh, just about one tournament a week is basically what's happening. But uh, uh, Kristen Bicknell, obviously uh, one of the players going for the player of the year. And uh, she's just been overtaken in the standings by Scott Margerison, who won the uh, – Seminole Hard Rock tournament a few years ago, and uh, they are playing the action out there um, through uh, uh, party poker, I guess. Uh, no, actually, uh, that would be – I'm not sure which online site they're using. But uh, anyway, they are finishing things up uh, for the WPT Online Championships, and we'll follow that along as they come to the main event uh, next next couple of weeks. Uh, talk about local news, uh, Joe, Miami, uh, casino, Miami opened this week. Yes, we did. Uh, we finally, you know, uh, we finally got the clearance from the County mayor to open up on the 31st, which was two days ago. And, um, we had a wonderful day in the poker room. Um, you know, we're a 12 table room. Now we were able to open up seven tables, uh, uh between cash and, and, well, they were all cash games. Um, and then we had three of the, what they call down here in South in Florida, designated player games. Uh, so it was wonderful to see. Uh, it was a bigger turnout than we had when we first opened up the poker room uh, from the first closure of the pandemic. And it was quite surprising, to be honest with you, Dave, because our, you know, our, our you know, competitors in Broward, never closed down for the eight-week period that we did here in Dade County, in Miami-Dade County. So it was so nice to see that. And um, it wasn't a bad day yesterday. We did run some nice specials on Monday to draw our, our, our poker players in. We did see a lot of new faces. Uh, the you know, turnout was great. Uh, it, was, it was a wonderful opening day all around. It really was. 
And as far as local poker rooms, I guess uh, Magic City, uh, one of your main competitors, uh, opening later this week. Uh, yes, I was told by one of the state inspectors that a uh, real nice guy, Terrell, that came in, that Magic City was not opening up until uh, Friday of this week. We are doing the show on a Wednesday right now. Um, so, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, whatever, whatever little help, you know, whatever little bit of help you can get from your competitors is great. Um, and I know that one of our other competitors at Hialeah was not running, was not running a, a big promotion. So it might've been a perfect storm, but either way we will take it. We're extremely happy. And I'm praying that all our, our new poker guests and players had a great time on Monday. I, I incidentally went by Gulfstream last week. Uh, the poker room is not open. They're, they are racing. There is racing going on, but they have all these fencing set up. You can't go inside the track and watch. No fans are allowed to go inside. Uh, they do have a casino open up on the second floor, but not on the first floor. So the poker room and everything down there is closed. There are, re- there are restaurants and other stores going out of business in that area. Uh, it was depressing. I have to say that I'm not sure that they can recover from that. Uh, and they've been closed. They they've been closed since they were allowed to open back in, um, you know, in June. Like I said, Broward Broward has opened up. Uh, you know, opened everything up back on June 12th, just like we did. But they we closed three weeks later. They didn't. Uh, I don't know why. Have you spoken with Scott? From I have not. There? No, I have not. You know, um, and also the aisle, we know we've mentioned recently yeah, the aisle, that the aisle just opened recently. last Monday, and, uh, a week ago from Monday, they opened on August 17th. I went by there, there was just a couple of tables going, but uh, I got to get back out there and see if the word is picked up. By the and, way, we got to we got to finish up the show here. Okay, uh, before we go, I do want to mention uh, that people can send me a note on email, brand new email set up, Lemon Dave, L E M M O N, two M's, L E M M O N, Dave at yahoo.com so send me a note uh that way i'll have your email to let you know when we're going to have our big promotional tournament coming up this fall also uh you can let me know any subjects or guests you would like to have me line up and uh, love to hear from you and your thoughts on the show uh, not today's show not necessarily we could leave that one out but uh, uh in the past, uh, we've had some tremendous guests, and if you enjoyed one of them and want to let me know about that, I would appreciate it as well. That's LemonDave at Yahoo.com. We do appreciate everyone coming in. Joe, thank you for all your input to the show. Joe Costello, thank you as well. Um, good luck back at work again. I'm sure you're happy to be back. Yes, I am very happy and uh, just, just trying to get my sea legs, as they say, because I'm on my feet a whole lot more hours now than I've been for a while. So just trying to get my feet and my knees to get back into their normal shape. Yeah. I did mention that the main event for the WPT Online Championships, I said the 20th and 21st. That's actually when the tournament uh, schedule finishes up. The main event actually starts on September the 5th. $3,200 buy-in and uh, $10 million guarantee. So uh, actually 10300 as a buy-in and a $10 million guaranteed prize pool. September the 5th is when it begins, and we'll keep an eye on that one as well. Uh, that's going to do it for the show. We appreciate you joining us. We hope you'll come back next week and uh, listen in. Big Dave Lemon saying so long, Joe, for Joe Rodriguez. We'll catch you next week on another edition of the program. The views and opinions of the hosts, guests, or callers are not necessarily those of the station, its owners, advertisers, or agencies. 